And finally, I'm joined by Chris Reed of Majedi, who was appointed as manager of the UK Income Fund last November. Thank you so much for joining us today, Chris. Hi, thanks. Perhaps we could start by asking you to describe how you run the fund, as I know a number of our listeners won't be familiar with your strategy. Okay, well, to be honest, pretty straightforward investment approach. What we're looking for is companies that are really improving their business significantly, sort of through, you know, just hard work and dedication. And if we can find a business that's doing that, and it's maybe a mistrusted valuation, so a nice low PE multiple, then, you know, over three years, the company will re-rate. So you'll get the PE multiple improving. And as the market recognizes the business improvement. So it's really just about finding businesses in the real world that are leapfrogging their competitors. Now, the fund has performed really well since you took on the management of it. Clearly, it's very difficult to forecast short-term performance drivers. But what have been the main contributors to the success over the last 12 months? Yeah, it's been a reasonable period for the fund. I don't want to jinx it. But I think if if you look at... Like I said, what we're trying to do, it's, it's find businesses that are improving. And really all that's happened this year is the stock market has started to see the improvements in a lot of our businesses pretty much across the board and uh, reward and what, the stocks. What would be an example of yeah. that? Yeah. So, for example, this year, Direct Line, the car insurance company, that business has got better and the market's seen that. Also, Aviva bought Friends Life earlier on this year and we did quite well out of that. And if, if I ask you about Aviva Friends Life, what was it about that merger that, that you were looking for and the attraction? To, to Aviva? I think we see Friends Life, which was very much a mistrusted company, one of these companies very rare in the UK market trading below book value, and people didn't trust it. But actually, when we looked at it, we saw it was a massive cash generator. So really, when Aviva, who's a very ambitious company, they needed cash to realise their growth plans. So all they've done really is just effectively strapped on this big cash generating engine to the Aviva aircraft. And now that gives it the energy to grow very significantly. And I think that's what makes it an exciting deal. And in terms of the the, the balance between larger companies and, and mid and slightly smaller companies, perhaps you could help us understand where you've seen value opportunities in the mid to smaller company sector and how you've realized those opportunities. Well, we don't mind too much what size of company we invest in. But I think at the moment what you're seeing in the UK is Sort of a dream company for us is a, maybe a two billion sterling market cap company. So something just outside the FTSE 100 and with a strong balance sheet, ambitious management that can really sort of leapfrog the competitors and, and move into the FTSE 100. And that process, maybe the stock price might double over sort of three years. And, and actually in the UK, what you've got is a number of mid-cap companies that are actually global companies. They're just sort of listed in the UK. So, for example, to pick one, Tullet Prebom, which is an interbroker dealer, it loves stock market volatility, and, and it's had five years of low volatility in the market. So the current environment, very positive for it. And it's actually a global business. It's got offices everywhere. And those are the sort of companies that, that we think are quite attractive in the UK. And what about the, the overall valuations in mid-cap relative to large-cap? Because obviously mid-cap has performed quite well. Do you think that there are going to be less opportunities in that part of the market going forward? 
I think you've really got to choose your poison in the UK mid-cap space. What you've got is a lot of polarisation. So when I look at it, I see there are a number of companies that are fully priced, particularly, frankly, UK retailers. I think people are very keen on this theme. And we've actually sort of sold the majority of our UK retailing. You're talking about stocks as sort of 15, 16, 17 times PE that eventually will see a bit of a downturn. But, you know, there are a lot of mistrusted companies in the UK mid-cap. Things on 12 times PE, the stock market's just not sure about its prospects. Those are the sort of businesses that we like to look at. And if we think actually the market just isn't seeing operational improvement, there is quite a lot of opportunity in those ones. And I know that another sector that you've got exposure to are some of the mining stocks, so Rio's and and BHP Billiton. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will be reading about the challenges that that sector has been having recently. Perhaps you could explain why you're finding attraction there. Yeah, good question. So I think with mining, if I'm honest, there's sort of two types of mining companies on on the stock market at the minute. You've got companies, really what a mining company's done is it's taken all the money that was given to it in the super cycle and done something with it. So one half of the industry has just gone for world domination and bought mines everywhere to try and get bigger. And then the other half actually invested in their businesses and, and have really sort of got world-class automated assets. So it's the second camp of miners that we want to buy. And really that list is very low. So so the fund has real Tinto and Billiton and, and really not a lot else in the mining because most of the other companies went for world domination. So if you look at those companies, actually, the amazing thing about mining is there, there isn't going to be any mines for the next 10, 15 years. I mean, imagine just going to your shareholders and saying, we'd like to build a mine. That's just not going to happen anymore. People have had their fingers burnt too badly. So that means if you make it through the other side of this downturn, you know, you're going to have a license to print money. And at Majedi, we saw this with the paper company Mondi over the past five or six years. And that's really why we think mining so attractive, because you have the opportunity long-term winners at cheap prices that could make huge, huge money on the other side of the downturn. So it's that cash generation that allows the dividends to be paid out, the dividends to grow and and drives the income that you want to be paying out of the fund. Yes. And, And to get that cash, you've really got to have a miner with lowest cost operations. So Rio Tinto digs it out of the ground at sort of $15 a tonne, the iron ore. Even if the price drops from where it is at 60 to $30 a tonne, that's still enough money to cover its dividend. And that gives us a reasonable margin of safety, which we're very excited about. Chris Reed, that's really fascinating, but I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Any views and opinions expressed are solely those of the individuals and are subject to change. Where individual securities are mentioned, they do not necessarily represent a specific portfolio holding and do not constitute a recommendation to purchase or sell. Please be aware that past performance is not indicative of future performance. The value of an investment may fall as well as rise and you may get back less than you invested. Returns on equities cannot be guaranteed. Equities do not provide the security of capital characteristic of a deposit with a bank or building society.